0: Welcome back to the Bristow's Made a Baby podcast season three, baby number three. I am your host, Becca. I am here with my lovely husband, Matt. We are together pretty much 24-7 between working, parenting, our two little girls, making our 1800s farmhouse our own. And trying to live our best, healthiest lives. We are so excited for this new season of life and to bring you guys along the journey for baby number three. Let's go. Hello, friends, and welcome back to the Bristol's Made a Baby podcast. I am your host, Becca. I am actually flying solo today because I really just want to give you guys an update on how my pregnancy has been going, and it has been just really tough for Matt and I to sit down at the same time, but I need to give you guys an update. I owe it to you, so here I am. Let's chat about weeks 26 and 27 so I feel like I'm in this like kind of awkward part of pregnancy where I feel very pregnant, but I'm st- I'm not like anywhere near the home stretch, and I'm not like close to or I'm not in like that birth prep zone where I'm starting to like physically and mentally prepare for birth. And I'm not like washing all the newborn clothes and thinking about and planning my hospital bag and those kinds of things. Like I'm not, I'm not there yet, but I also feel very pregnant and like I should be there. So it's just kind of this like weird limbo where I'm just kind of waiting for that more, I guess, exciting part of pregnancy where there's just more anticipation and there's more like physical things to do to prepare for the baby coming. Um, that's like my favorite part of pregnancy um maybe because it's the finish line but i just think it's so exciting and there's just so much to do and i am like very much like i just love to be productive i'd love to check things off my list so that phase of pregnancy is just it's just my favorite i look forward to the third trimester for sure it's my favorite um out of the three so anyway so like I said, I'm feeling very pregnant. So what does that mean? So basically just uh, getting uncomfortable. I feel like my belly is really big. Um, I, I want to say it's like as big as I was at the end of my last pregnancy, but that's not actually true because the other day I took a couple of pictures thinking like, I am definitely as big as I was when I was full term or almost full term with the Hadley. Um, but I'm not, (laughs) I compared pictures and I was like, okay, no, I'm not, I'm not quite there. I still have a little bit, a little ways to go, but I do feel like, I do feel like this belly is pretty big. So when I wake up in the morning, I'm like comfortable. Um, I haven't eaten yet. So like, I'm not like filled up with food. Um, and my stomach isn't like taking up very much space in my body. So things, my lungs aren't as compressed and my belly doesn't feel as like, big and tight and full. Um, so feeling pretty comfortable every morning when I wake up, which is good. And I'm like, okay, my belly's not that big, you know? And then, um, and I'm starving in the morning, like appetite is high in the morning. So I'm always super hungry at breakfast and want to eat a lot. Um, and then usually by the time it's like, usually after I eat lunch is where the, like, discomfort, starts to set in, of just feeling big, just feeling like I have this large belly and there's not a lot of room and everything is kind of squished. Um, And then by the time I get to dinner, um, my appetite is much lower. Like I just physically don't have the room. So I just can't eat as much. Um, So I'm kind of eating smaller meals at dinner. Honestly, if I was just eating more small meals in general, maybe that would help me out, but I just feel like I'm just so busy and there's just a lot going on that I, I just don't really have the forethought to do that. Um, and so I just, it just doesn't happen. So I just end up kind of having these three meals a day. So I end up needing to like pack in food at those times. And that's probably lends itself to me feeling a little bit more uncomfortable. Um, so not much room to eat at dinner. However, every night I've been craving, um, Chia pudding. (laughs) I actually have a reel on my Instagram, which is just at Becca Bristow, um, how I make it. And it's super easy. It's you literally just like dump milk and chia seeds and um, a little bit of maple syrup to sweeten it. Um, And then recently, actually, I've been adding like a dash of vanilla extract and a pinch of salt, and that makes it even better. Um, But you just throw it all in like a mason jar, shake it up, and just stick it in the fridge for a while so it can like thicken up and turn closer to like a pudding consistency. The longer it sits in the fridge the better half the time i forget and i do it like right before i make dinner so it only has like a couple hours in the fridge and it's not as good but if you can do it like the night the day before or like start it in the morning and just let it like marinate all day it's so good and i don't know it's just been a craving of mine every night and it's something definitely healthy that i can um enjoy but it's also sweet and um chia seeds are actually really rich in omega-3s and if you didn't know when you get into that kind of third trimester like that final stretch of pregnancy that is when the baby has a lot of brain development so um omega-3s um are really like especially important um during those times so that's like a really great natural way you can also supplement you can supplement with like a fish oil um that's another great way to get it and a lot of the times throughout pregnancy I do I haven't done it as much this pregnancy um but I have been trying to be conscious of that when it comes to food. And now that I'm in the third trimester, I'm really trying to be extra conscious of that. Um, So that's just a little tip something to think about. Um, Another thing with food, vegetables to me taste so good. I don't know what it is. You're probably like, ow, nice. Must be nice for you, dietitian. But okay, let me tell you, In my last pregnancy, that was not the case. Like first trimester, definitely not down for vegetables pretty much at all, except I do like salad, plain, literally just like spring mix and nothing else, like with a hefty amount of like a really good, like tangy dressing. Um, because I basically just want like the tang of the dressing. Um, And so the, the lettuce is like the vehicle for the dressing. Other than that, not super, like not at all interested in vegetables really in the first trimester. And then typically throughout the rest of my pregnancies, I'm just kind of like, "Ah, I could take it or leave it. Like I know I need to be eating them. So I will for nourishment, but um, I'm not like these taste super good. You know, like I'm, I'm just not really into it, but this time around, I don't know what it is like fresh cucumbers, like any like cold, crunchy vegetable, like literally like raw broccoli, just like straight up not cooked, like boring (laughs) broccoli. It's so satisfying to me. I don't really understand what's going on. I'm not complaining, because obviously vegetables are um, very nutrient dense and a really good thing to be eating, especially when pregnant. Um, So that's just kind of a funny, interesting difference with this pregnancy. Um, So kind of along the lines of being uncomfortable, the two main things that are making me uncomfortable is one is I feel like so much of the time my belly is just rock hard. Like Braxton Hicks, all the time, like once like I said, after like lunchtime, I don't know if it's just because I'm more, there's like less room in there and my muscles are just maybe like a little more fatigued, but halfway through the day holding this belly up, I don't know. Um, but it's just, it, everything just feels like very, my belly just feels very hard and that's uncomfortable. And then, um, the, I'm getting like some pain, um, like some rib pain on my right side um, which I had in a lot in my first pregnancy, didn't have at all in my second pregnancy. And it seems to be kind of like middle of the road this time. It's not nearly as bad as it was before. Um, and it typically, it starts when like around like dinner, it's like when I'm like really just like full at the end of the day. And I start to feel it's just on my right side. Um, probably because this is my guess. This is my guess in my, in my first pregnancy when I was dealing with it all the time. So your liver is on your right side and out of all of like your organs that like hang out in your abdomen, your liver is like the only one that's pretty solid and it's not like squishy and malleable. Everything else can kind of like squish and move out of the way to make room for the baby, but your liver is like pr- a pretty solid mass. So on that right side, it's just you know, it's pressing on your ribs. There's just, there's just a lot more to accommodate, um, which is why it's more common to get pain on that side. So I'm told, um, and it makes total sense to me, but anyway, so we'll just get kind of pain that like shoots around in my ribs. Sometimes it even feels like a little bit tingly. Um, but it's not terrible. It's just, it's just not the best. Um, so sleep is also really good right now. Um, I feel like I just went through a period of sleeping terribly and now I'm sleeping well. Um, As long as like the baby, I feel like is in an okay position. Like sometimes I feel like the baby flips around because at this point they're still small enough where they're like, you know, they can move around a decent amount in there. Um, I feel like if the baby kind of flips sideways, I think that's called transverse. I don't know. Don't quote me on that. But if they flip into like a weird position, I feel like my whole, especially my ribs and like my belly, it just hurts. Um, And when I'm trying to lay on one of my sides, it's just like pretty uncomfortable and I have to like toss and turn a lot. Um, But right now, I feel like I'm in in like a, I've been these couple weeks, it's, it's sleep's been pretty good, meaning it's like pretty much fairly uninterrupted. Um, I might be tossing back and forth a little bit, but I'm overall feeling pretty good. And able to get good sleep, which is very, very nice. Um, And another thing this week, this isn't necessarily a symptom, but... um, I started the Spinning Babies stretches. So um, in one of our last birth stories, I believe it was Hannah's, she shared that she did these Spinning baby stretches every day, and she think that, or thought that it was something that definitely really helped her have better like labor outcomes. Um, so I, of course, was like, sign me up. <laughs> so I went on their website. If you've never heard of Spinning Babies, it's an excellent resource um for just baby positioning in general. Like that is like their main thing, but it all it comes in all different shapes and sizes. They have all kinds of different things for you to try to try and get baby into a better position. They have things for you to focus on every day just to promote optimal positioning. All like it's a excellent excellent resource. Um they also can teach you about like belly mapping, trying to figure out exactly like where the baby is positioned in your belly based on like things that you feel. So excellent resource to check out. Um, so they have what's called, they're called their daily essentials and it's a video and you do have to buy it. I think it was like $15, which I think is totally worth it. Um, and actually I can tell you, I feel like it's worth the money cause I've been using it. Um, but it's a video and it's like a sequence of all these different stretches, a lot of like hip opening, um, a lot of, you do some squatting, you do just a lot of like leg stretches, just things to, I just feel like help your, your hips and your pelvis and like your whole lower half, just be more like supple and flexible, which obviously is a good thing going into labor. And apparently these stretches really help with keeping baby in an optimal position, um, which is important. I haven't struggled with that in my last couple of pregnancies. Both times my girls were like head down um, with their head facing my spine, which is like the most optimal position. At least you know, until they came out. So we're assuming that's how they were positioned the whole time. I don't know. But um, you, you never know. Like every baby is different. And I've never done these stretches before. So this is a new thing for me. They also highly encourage walking every day. That's like another daily essential. And I've been trying to, but I don't know what it is. I'm just like, why can't I just get outside and walk for a little, lo- like even just like 15 minutes? I don't know why it's so hard for me. Um, it's something I've been trying to be better about. Um, Now that it's getting a little warmer, it's definitely easier, but my girls just, they don't love to go on walks. Like it's not something we've ever really done. We don't live in like a neighborhood where, I mean, we used to when we went, when we, before we lived in this house now, we lived in two different neighborhoods and we used to go for walks all the time. Like get out the stroller, we're going for a walk. It was like part of what we did. Once we moved here, we don't live in a neighborhood. We live on a road. And while it's a, it's like a back road, it doesn't even have like lines on the road. It's like a small back road. Um, and people walk it and run it all the time but it's it's not it's not a neighborhood um, and it's very hilly so it's just not like the it's just not like super exciting or easy to walk necessarily. So we just don't really do it. And I feel like because we haven't done it in a while, every time we're like, okay, let's get in the stroller. Like everybody's antsy. Nobody wants to be there except for me. And it's just, it just doesn't really, it, it just hasn't been working out super well. So, and it's been hard for me to like get away during the day. Cause if I have time away from the girls, I am, I'm working, um, So even though it's only 15 minutes, I don't know. It's just been really tough for me to, I mean, they actually suggest walking a lot longer than that. They say like up to three miles, which I know is probably just never going to be realistic for me um, for the schedule that I'm running right now. But um, anyway, so walking is super important. um, Keeps everything loose and limber. It's really good for positioning, I guess. Um, And they're like very highly recommend it. So trying to be better about the walking, We'll see how that goes um but anyway excited about the stretches i do them at night um when we're just like hanging out watching tv they take about if you do like if you really do them all the way through like the whole video and take your time on each one it's like about 30 minutes i think maybe ish i don't know um so it's not like super casual but again at night or we're just watching tv we're just hanging out anyway so there's no reason why i can't do these stretches and they do feel really good um so let's see what else happened. Um so one thing interesting in these weeks we started swim lessons for the girls. So they are taking um they're called ISR um something survival <laughs> I don't even remember but they're basically like survival like self-rescue i think that's what it is something self-rescue um swim classes so they're not just like your just like typical learn to swim they teach your kids how to if they're like to fall in water to like flip over and to float on their back um at least that's what we're teaching our littlest hadley because um, she's only one um And then Hayden is like learning more so like how to like float on her back and then turn over and swim, 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 and then float on her back and then swim, swim, swim. And, um, so that's, it's because it's very intense. Um, it's like not your average swim lesson, I guess. I don't know. We've never taken any other swim lessons. So this is all I know, but I guess because they're so intense, they're only 10 minutes long for each girl and they're every day, five days a week. So kind of intense every day or every afternoon, Monday through Friday, we're like, okay, grab the towels, grab the swimsuits, grab the, all the stuff we need. Let's get in the car and let's go. Um, so that has been kind of a new thing. And honestly, I was kind of dreading it a little bit. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm excited for them to take these classes because water totally, totally freaks me out. Um, I have like a lot of anxiety about just little children and being around water and we do we do have a pool um it is totally fenced in thank god or else I would be like a total wreck I think but um just because of that and we do go to the beach in the summer and um there's just a lot we're around water a lot um so I really wanted to to do these these swim lessons so I was excited for that but just for the every day like every day like having to like get in the car and go and I was like this is gonna probably tire me out big time However, I will say it's actually kind of been the opposite. It's been really nice to have something to go to at the end of every day. Hayden loves going. She like loves to swim. She's totally taken to it. So she loves it. Hadley, not so much, but I can't blame her. She's one years old. She's like, what are you doing to me? Why am I in this water? And again, it's, it is very intense, um, them trying to teach them to like, be able to maneuver around and like get to their back and stuff. So, um, so she doesn't love it. (laughs) To be honest, I don't think I'd put a kid in this young again, Um, but I just signed them both up and here we are. So we're doing it and she is learning. It's, it's crazy. She's like really, truly learning to like, if you like kind of like plop her in the water, she can swim around and float to her back. It's crazy. Um, Anyway, so we started that and it's actually been really nice every afternoon because it's, it's that awkward I'm um, not awkward, but it's like that tough part of the day, like between we leave at like 315 and we get home at like 445. That's like, to me, that's like the hardest part of the day. That's where I'm the most tired. It's like, it's not time to make dinner yet, but like everybody still wants to like play and do all the things. And I am just like ready for a nap. Um, But it's really nice to have something to like get up and go to and kind of fill that time of day when normally I would just be dragging hardcore. Um, so we've started going like the first few days, both Matt and I went and now we kind of switch on and off. So, um, while if he takes the girls, I have like a little over an hour to myself to like, sometimes I rest. Sometimes I, I work, sometimes I get stuff done around the house, just depends. And then the other days I'll take them and he gets to do whatever he needs to do um, at home. So it's kind of actually been really nice and I've been enjoying it. Um, so also in my 27th week, um I had another OB appointment. Um and this was a big one um because it was my glucose test. So wanted to chat a little bit about this. So glucose test, if you are um totally new to pregnancy, maybe you haven't had a baby yet and you're listening, um just to give you a little rundown, it's basically you do it between I think 24 and 28 weeks. Um ballpark. And it's basically to test for gestational diabetes. So sometimes when you're pregnant, you are more prone to have, you know, issues managing your own blood sugar. Um, so some women are prone to develop gestational diabetes and essentially it's, you have diabetes while you're pregnant and then postpartum, it kind of goes away. Um, So they will test you for it to make sure that you, you know, if you have it, they can treat it. And then obviously if you don't, you know, you're in the clear. Um, I've never, I haven't had it so far. I wasn't honestly super concerned that I would have it this time around, but you never know. So anyway what you do is you go in to, I was able to do it at my OB office this time, which was awesome. The first time around I was at, um, you know, being at like a birth center, like not a typical OB they don't have, um, or at least they didn't at the time have like a phlebotomist on staff. So I had to go to like a lab core just, you know, whenever I had time, I made an appointment and I would go. So what you do is you drink like a really sugary drink, which is typically pretty gross. Um, and then you have like five minutes to drink it. It's basically like you like consume 50. It's usually 50 grams of sugar. It's like a sugar shock to your system. And then you sit for an hour and then they draw your blood to see how well you process that amount of sugar over that hour. Um, so this time I was able to do it at my appointment, which was awesome. So I went in Drank the drink and then had my appointment. So I wasn't just like literally sitting in lab core twiddling my thumbs like before. And um and then towards the end of my like once I was done with my appointment, I only had to wait a few more minutes and then we went ahead and did the blood draw. So I ended up passing um totally fine. I think, I think they said my blood glucose after an hour was 105. Um, typically your body wants to be the happy zone is like 70 to 110 milligrams per deciliter. However, they said that their cutoff um, was 135. So as long as I guess I was below that, I was um, in good shape. So I was obviously well below that. So that was good news. Um, But I wanted to mention to you guys, and this is huge. So, well, at least I think it's huge. So typically when you get this test done, they give you like I said, you t- you drink a sugary drink and it's called, the standard is, it's called Glucola and it's like orange flavored. Um, I think it used to be orange dyed, but now I think it's clear. The one that I drank when I was pregnant with Hayden was clear, um, but it has a lot of really nasty ingredients and there's a lot of women who are just like, yeah, I just don't wanna consume that while pregnant. I mean, here's the thing, it's a one-time deal. It's not like you're drinking this Glu-Cola drink all throughout your pregnancy and you're constantly exposed to these not so hot questionable ingredients. Okay, it is a one-time deal. However, now there are really good alternatives that you can do instead um, of drinking that drink. So first off, you could always do alternatives. You could do instead of this like sugar shock one hour test situation, you could actually at home over... Don't quote me on this because I don't know exactly, but say it's like over five days or something where you have to like prick your finger and test your blood sugar throughout the day um, just with normal eating. And that is one way to test. So like that is like an alternative that you can do. Um, I've heard of women drinking like orange juice or apple juice. You know, you can talk to your provider and see if there's other things that you can do um you know to avoid the drink so that was those were always options but they weren't they were they were really like alternatives right like you had to kind of um unless you maybe went to like a really great midwife who was just like totally open to whatever um or ob i don't know why i just said only midwife but um it kind of seems to me like that those were, you maybe had to like advocate a little bit more for those. Um, there was no like super easy alternative that was just like in their eyes, just as easy, just as simple and straightforward as the glucola drink. But now at least this was not a thing before that I re- that I saw. I could have just missed it. But there are some companies out there now that make these alternative um, drinks. And they're they're used the exact same as the glucola drink, so it's really simple for them to be like approved to use in like a lab core, for example. Um, so there's a couple that I know of, and there might be more. So you could always do some research and see what else is out there if there is. Um, but there's clearly been a demand for like a more like a, a, a more simple, healthier alternative to the glucola drink. Cause it's, it really is, it's not, not the greatest. So, um, good news for us moms. There are some good companies out there. So there's one called Glucoganix. So this was actually the first one that I heard about and I did order, um, one of their products. So they have two products. They have like an actual, like a drink that is like already made up in a bottle. It's literally the essentially the exact same thing as glucola, um, but it's literally just like sugar water. It doesn't have extra weird ingredients in it. Um, and then they also have a sugar packet that you just mix with water and it's literally... 50 grams of organic cane sugar like that's that's the only ingredient which kind of is like silly it's like why would I pay for to buy cane sugar when I can go to the store and buy cane sugar but the problem is you know there has to be some standardization with these tests because you you want to make sure that they, you know, the mom is actually getting the 50 grams. And like, you want to make sure that the, the test, the experiment, if you will, is being carried out properly. So you can't just get willy nilly and be like, sure, just bring in some sugar. We'll mix it in water and call it a day. Um, so these things do have to get like approved to be used. So according to um they are approved to be used in lab cores, um, which is what I typically have always gone to. And there's a lab core like within my OB office, um, there's a LabCorp tech there, so I was like, "Perfect, I'll do this." So they didn't have like the drink in stock, um, and it seems like they are often totally out of stock. So, but I have another thing to, to another alternative as well. Um, so I ordered the sugar, and I was like, "Okay, I, I, it like says it's approved to use in LabCorp, I'm just gonna use this." So when I brought it up to my OB, they were like yeah, I don't know if that's approved, but like it literally says on their website, it's approved to be used in LabCorp. Um, But they were like, we have, um, they were familiar with a different alternative and it's called the Fresh Test, Um, so if they did not have this alternative, I would have totally advocated and fought for it and been like, Nope, this is what I'm using. It's like approved to be used in lab core settings. It's 50 grams of sugar. Like here's the ingredients. Like this is what I'm going to use. And I would have just, I wouldn't have taken no, no for an answer. I would have just like declined the glucola and been like, I'm going to use this. But they gave me another alternative that in my eyes is pretty much just as good. And that was honestly just easier. And I didn't feel like, you know, I just didn't took the path of least resistance on this one so I ended up ordering it's called the fresh test and it's not just organic sugar it's more of like a powdered sugar so it's there was like a couple other ingredients in there um it's not technically organic um but it's a million times better than the glucola drink in my opinion and it's lemonade flavor. So they were like, apparently it tastes pretty good. And you know, this is what we recommend. Um, you know, the when I talked to one of the OBs and the nurse practitioners, they both were kind of like, what is this glucoganics? I don't know about that, but we do have women that use the fresh test. That's totally fine. You can get it online. It's super easy. Just do that. So I was like, okay, fine. I'll just do the fresh test. So I ordered it, it came super quickly. It's also a little packet. I think they do also have drinks, like ready-made drinks, but again, those were sold out. I think. Um, so it's like a packet and you bring the packet with you. Um, pro tip, I wish that I had brought like a mason jar or something to easily shake it up with. Um, the lady was like, that would be, she was like, they should tell you to bring something like that because it was kind of difficult to mix. So you essentially give it to the lab core tech and, um, or whoever the phlebotomist, whoever's going to draw your blood and they mix it with a certain amount. I think it's like 10 ounces of water and they just mix it into a sugary drink. So, um, it was kind of weird because they did give me like a little, like Uh, just a touch of sass for like not using the glucola because I came in and I was like oh I'm here for my appointment slash glucose test and they were like okay and then they called me back and she was like okay like here's here's your glucola like sign right here and I was like oh I'm actually like bringing I brought the fresh test thinking she would like because they were so everyone in the office was so nonchalant about using this test I was like they probably see this all the time And she was like, oh, I don't know what that is. Like, you're going to have to go back to the front desk. And it was just, it was like a little bit of like a thing. And I was like, oh, like the OBs told me like I could bring this in and use it and it's approved. And, and she was like, well, I don't know how to use that. And I was like, okay. And she's like, just give me a minute. And so she had to like go in the back and like talk to somebody. I mean, the directions are like right on there. It's like really not that big of a deal. But so it was like a little bit of a... (laughs) kerfuffle but I was like I mean I'm using this I brought it I bought it I'm not drinking the glucola so um but she was fine she, she was like I just need to figure this out I don't know what this is so um she went and talked to somebody and then she came back and then she was like totally fine and she was like okay we just had to mix it up but it was tough to mix like it took her a while and I guess like they don't have she was like we need one of those like shaker bottles like the you know like those blender bottles that have like the ball in it um, because she, this poor woman was trying to like mix it with literally like a plastic butter knife. She was trying to like stab the chunks in the bottom and they just clearly weren't prepared for this type of test, even though they were like, oh yeah, I get the fresh test. It's like what we recommend. I don't know. So that was kind of confusing. Um, so I would recommend either like bringing a blender bottle or even just a mason jar where you can just like shake the crap out of it. Um, if you're going to bring it, you're phlebotomist will probably thank you Um, but they mix it up for you Um, so I just gave her the packet and she did it and then she was like okay I think I got it as best I could and I just I had like four minutes to drink it and this tastes so much better it literally tasted like lemonade it was pretty sweet it's a lot it's a lot of sugar to take down um 50 grams is a lot but I remember like the glucola drink actually like gagging a little because it just it's just it's like syrupy sweet. This at least tasted like lemonade. So it wasn't, it really wasn't bad. It wasn't, you know, what I wanted, but it was, it was fine. Um, definitely flavor wise better than the glucola and then ingredients wise way better. So anyway, drank that four minutes and then went on to have my appointment. I felt so like literally like on a sugar high, I felt kind of dizzy and out of it. Um, and then afterwards, like I like literally crashed, like it's, it's no wonder why, you know, you want to keep your blood sugar steady. Cause when it's out of whack, it's, you just, you really don't feel that great. Um, so I just felt kind of gross the rest of the day, kind of off. Um, but I got it done, ended up passing. So it was totally fine. Um, thank goodness. I'm happy for that. And so, yeah, so that was my big, um, you know, to do at my OB appointment. I did follow up with them. Um, I shared with you guys that there was, like, talk about doing, like, tons of scans, ultrasounds at the end of my pregnancy. And I was like, what? I do not need that. Um, And my OBs were like, yeah, we don't think you need that either. But, like, maybe we'll do one. We got to figure out what's going on. And they talked to, like, the high-risk people. And I don't know. So, basically, this appointment found out that they were, like, Yeah. Like maybe like we recommend doing like one scan, maybe like 34, 35 weeks just to make sure that everything looks good. Like your fluid levels are fine. And like baby's growth is on track, which it's been on track this entire time. So I don't really anticipate it not being on track, but who knows? Um, which that I'm fine with, like I'm okay with one extra ultrasound. That's not a huge deal. Um, I obviously with, you know, being on Lovenox and that potentially affecting the placenta. I'm honestly still not super clear on like what the deal is with the concern about Lovenox and my placenta. Um, But apparently there is a, not a concern, but it's just something that they want to be like extra cautious about. Um, And, you know, I've never been on Lovenox during your pregnancy before. So I obviously don't want to have like low fluid levels or something and not know it. So I'm personally totally fine with doing one ultrasound, but they literally wanted originally, they were like, you're going to come in weekly starting at 28 weeks. And I was like, absolutely not. That's not happening. So, but I'm fine with one. So we'll have one more scan. I've never had a scan past 20 weeks before. So that will be a, a new experience. Um, but yeah, so that is what's going on as far as OB checkups. Um, otherwise just kind of like bopping along here it has been like the gloomiest spring I don't know about where you guys live it's if it's been that way for you but I swear it is overcast and gloomy and dark and raining like 75% of the time it seems like there was some weeks there where it was like what even is the sunshine I don't remember I just and it really affects my mood I am just so much Like, happier and more chipper and energized when the house is bright and there's sunshine outside. It really, really makes a huge difference in my day. And obviously, it's not always sunshine and rainbows, literally, but when it's gloomy day after day after day after day after day, it like really starts to wear on my mood. Um, So that's been kind of not fun, but um, you know, I mean, you can't change the weather. So it is what it is. So hopefully, Spring will start to look up because this has just not been a very nice spring. It's been kind of cold. Actually, it's been very cold and wet and dark, um, which is just not my favorite. Um, And then lastly, um, in these couple of weeks, I started working on my course, which is a really big deal. Um, It's a nutrition and intuitive eating course that I have literally wanted to make for probably like three years now. And for whatever, you know, one reason or another have just kept pushing off and pushing off. Um, Actually, no, I've been wanting to make this for longer than three years. But um, I, in the fall, decided I was going to launch this course and I was so ecstatic. And literally like a week after I announced that I was working on it and that it would be launching soon, I found out I was pregnant and I was like, holy crap. I know how my pregnancies go. I am going to be really sick and it's going to be tough for me to even like tread water and like get the ba- ver- like the bare minimum done of like my typical work tasks. There's no way I can take this on. Like there's just no way because I know how much work. I mean, it's a, it's good, it is a ton of work and um, there's just so much that goes into it. So much time, so much energy. So, just so much um, where I was like, what am I gonna do? Like I just announced that I was gonna launch this course and now I'm pregnant and there's no way I can even like probably work on it. Um, so I was so, so bummed and was like, this is just gonna have to wait until after the baby's here. And once the baby's like a month or two and I can kind of like rebound, um, I will just start furiously working on this course and get it out. And I really didn't want to wait that long but kind of felt like I didn't really have much of a choice. Um, because I don't want to overdo it in pregnancy and I don't want to um, like work myself to the bone because I kind of did that in my last pregnancy and it didn't work out so hot for me at the end. I was very, very, very stressed out. I was very overwhelmed. Um, I felt like I took on too much and there was just, and also like the world had turned upside down. So there was just a lot going on and that literally like was the, all of that stress was the reason that I ended up, you know, having to go into the hospital and then surprise induction and just crazy. Oh, excuse me. Sorry, I just tapped the mic. Craziness. Um, But anyway, so that being said, I was just thinking about it and I was like, I can do this. I I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. I definitely had to like shuffle around some priorities when it came to work, um, which is like not comfortable for me to do because i love everything that i do and there's nothing that i want to like necessarily pump the brakes on but this is something that is just like i have been wanting to do for so long and i have such a heart for this topic and a passion for this topic um nutrition and intuitive eating it's like what my whole youtube channel has kind of been like based on and i've been able to help so many people just through that like free content and um, i knew that i wanted to make something all in one place, way more robust than I've ever put out like on YouTube and just really like make this an incredible resource. Um, So I was like, you know what, I'm gonna do it. I'm just, I'm not going to think about it anymore. I'm just going to do it. So I started working on it um, in about week 26, 27, right around here. And it is actually officially launched as of a couple days ago um, or a few days ago when you guys are hearing this podcast. And by the time you hear this podcast, there might, there's going to probably be like one more day to sign up. So um, I can put that information in the, um, like the show notes of this podcast if you want to check it out and see what the course is all about if you're interested in learning like in-depth nutrition fundamentals how to actually eat healthy Um, and then of course how to eat intuitively, like no longer rely on diets or trying to control or manage your intake or all of that stress. Um, and just instead kind of handing that responsibility over to your body and letting your body guide the way it's so, so freeing. So that's what the whole course is based on those two major pillars and I'm super excited for it. So, um, I'll put that information down in the show notes. Um, but that's just been a really big thing that has been a part of the kind of end of this pregnancy is, is working on this course and getting it up and running and, um, completed by the time or at least the first round completed um, before I give birth to this baby. So it's kind of like giving birth to a child before giving birth to this child that's honestly what it feels like so it's just been a lot of hard work but it's been good work Um, work i'm so excited to do and just has me super motivated and um, it's kind of nice to have something big a huge project a huge new project like this to focus on at this point in pregnancy because when the first round of this course wraps up i'll have I'll be around like 36 weeks, I think, which is kind of the perfect time to transition to, okay, let's start nesting. Let's like get all the clothes out and clean them and get the hospital bag and, you know, all that kind of fun stuff. So this is a really good distraction for me to focus on. Um, to keep me busy and not be thinking about how pregnant i am and how i'm ready to have this baby for a while and then by the time i'm done with this round um i can really start to think about that stuff which is when it's like really exciting so it's all kind of working out really beautifully i feel like this is all very much a god thing and he's got it kind of got his hand on this course and i'm just super super excited to bring it to you guys um that are interested so that's where i'm at A little chat update on weeks 26, 27. A lot going on, feeling pretty pregnant, but also just feeling super grateful and um, just really excited to meet this baby soon. Um, I feel like it's not at the point yet where I'm, I mean, of course it feels real, but since I, like I said, since I'm not in that like birth prep zone yet, I'm still just kind of like, oh yeah, like I'm pregnant, it's happening and, um, soon the excitement and anticipation like really turns up, which I'm really looking forward to. So thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. Um, I will be back, um, soon with hopefully another birth story or two. I have some, um, or I have a guest. I would really like a guest idea that I really want to have on that I think would be super, Awesome and also just very helpful and practical um, for any moms out there who are planning, um, you know, to have babies, especially if they're birthing in a hospital. So um, stay tuned as I'm kind of working on that. But thank you guys again so much for listening. Um, to those of you that enjoy this podcast, um, it's really this is such a passion project for me, and I just so appreciate everyone who you know, sends me messages of encouragement and say how much you love this podcast and how much you just enjoy kind of listening to the week-by-week updates. Um, It's been really fun for me to kind of channel into this to really almost like bond with this baby in a way because I feel like I'm just so busy, especially like third baby. It's kind of like, okay, it's not my first rodeo and um, I'm so focused on the girls that I don't have as much time to just like sit around and like think about the fact that I'm pregnant and that there's this new little life and human and soul inside of me that we get to meet soon. And so it's just been really, I really enjoy having the time to sit down and really, um, focus on this for a minute, a um, hot minute before we move right on to the next thing. Um, so anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. I will be back soon and look forward to a few more episodes. Um, little baby all right, guys, I will talk to you soon. Bye.